This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the state is approaching 15,000 confirmed cases of coronavirus and almost 300 fatalities. The governor is showing his allegiance to Donald Trump by hopping on board the hydroxychloroquine train. A million doses of the anti-malaria drug are due to arrive in Florida today. While Ron DeSantis talks about drugs, Democrats in Florida's congressional delegation complain that he won't talk to them at all. We'll take a deep dive on the Dems and hear from five members of Congress who are urging the governor to take decisive action to fix and expand Florida's unemployment compensation system. Will kids really be going back to school in Florida on May 1st? That is the current timetable, but there are suggestions that campuses should remain closed until the start of the new school year. The governor says it's too soon to tell. Coronavirus has breached the walls of the Florida Department of Corrections. There are now confirmed cases of COVID-19 at every prison in the state. Good news if you like fresh eggs. The state agriculture commissioner issues an emergency order to get them to your table a bit faster. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and the latest from Florida Man. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, April 8th. Once again, Governor Ron DeSantis is following Donald Trump's COVID-19 playbook. He's pushing an unproven drug to combat coronavirus. Hydroxychloroquine is being used to treat lupus and malaria, but the president's been pushing it during his nightly pandemic briefings. And DeSantis wants more of it in Florida. One of the things that physicians um, have been using is this hydroxychloroquine, usually uh, uh, combined with with the ZPAC. I was able to work with Teva Pharmaceuticals uh, to get some of that distributed, a lot of it in southern Florida. Um, Teva was having problems getting this out of India recently, so they did the first shipment. Then they told us, like, India is not letting any of this there. That's where their factory was. Uh, I spoke to President Trump, and then he spoke to Prime Minister Modi, and Modi has made an exception for the United States. So Teva is bringing more um, of this into the United States. They have sent a second shipment already to Florida. Uh, that includes not just the hydroxychloroquine, but also the ZPAC, um, which is, which is uh, something that they're using it with. And then we have um, Amil Pharmaceuticals. Uh, We got a million doses uh, coming to Tallahassee. That will immediately be sent out to hospitals uh, throughout the state of Florida. Donald Trump's advocacy of hydroxychloroquine has been compared to old-fashioned medical shows pitching snake oil. So Governor DeSantis invited Dr. Sunil Kumar of Broward Health to take part in his press conference. Kumar says they're experimenting with the drug, but there's still no proof it actually works. So in the initial stage, we started using a combination of hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin, or z like you mentioned. That is a medication that's been used for a long time. It's being tested, uh, but we're not sure whether it'll work. You do think, though, at least having that as an option, um, you would like to have that as a physician, as an option to be able to treat the folks who come in with it? Absolutely. I think we need to have every option that's available for these patients. Dr. Carlos Campo at Tallahassee Memorial says it's worth checking out, but only if you're in the hospital and being monitored for side effects, like death. Hydrochloroquine is a medication that's been around for quite some time. It has been used in some autoimmune conditions like lupus, uh, but it's not without side effects, which can lead to 
arrhythmias, disturbances in the electrical rhythm of the heart, and sometimes these arrhythmias can be fatal. And that's why when you use these medications in conjunction, you need to have an EKG, you need to be supervised. There's a special protocol that we have when we use these medications in conjunction. Uh, I would not recommend just starting these as an outpatient because obviously patients cannot be monitored. And, and, and again, the medications themselves can put the patient at risk. Florida schools are closed for coronavirus until May 1st, but a lot of kids and parents are wondering if they'll be able to reopen by then or if the state will stick with virtual learning for the remainder of the school year and then bring everyone back to campus in August for the new school year. Governor DeSantis says that is still up in the air. I have not made that decision. I mean, look, obviously we, we want, you know, we need to see this through from a safety perspective. Um, if we are in a situation where you know we've turned a corner and we and we think that that, that we're on a road to safety, um, you know I think a lot of parents you know kind of like to have the kids be able to have access to school if it's safe and if they have a choice and they know it's safe I think most of them would prefer that. So, but what we're going to be doing I'm going to be doing a roundtable probably this week uh, about all the education issues. I mean, I think a lot of parents, I mean, this is like a whole new world to have the kids there. You have some of this online curriculum, and, um, and it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy for anybody. And so we're very sympathetic to the challenges um, you know, that, that a lot of the parents are, are going through on this. So, um, uh, and, there, and there's different strategies that have worked. There's some that haven't been as good. Some schools have, I think, done a little bit better than others. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of things that I think people have had concerns about. So we're going to try to help with that. Um, I have the education commissioner working on it. So you'll, you know, we'll probably have some, a parent, a, a teacher, an administrator, um, and then talk about some of the best practices, talk about some of the problems that we've seen. Um, and, but I think, look, if we could, if I could snap my finger and know that this wasn't going to be an issue in terms of the virus, I think most people would want the kids back in school. But obviously we need to be safe and, and do it in the right way. Democrats in Florida's congressional delegation are urging the governor to use his emergency powers and take unilateral action to fix Florida's broken unemployment compensation system. Palm Beach County Congresswoman Lois Frankel says they're asking Ron DeSantis to do five things to improve benefits for people who lost their jobs during the COVID-19 lockdown. Our phones are ringing off the hook from our constituents who are in a panic uh, because they don't have the money they need to pay their bills and they cannot get onto this unemployment uh, website, uh, Florida's website. Governor, we want you to know that this process is not fixed. Uh, we've had people on it this morning who could not get through. We are facing unprecedented uh, unemployment rates. As of, as of today, I think there are 560,000 backlogged applications for Florida's unemployment. And uh, very, very embarrassingly and tragically, uh, Florida was very, very ill-prepared uh, to meet this demand. Our state provides only 12 weeks of unemployment insurance and caps the benefit at $275 per week. This combination of low pay and shortened eligibility is one of the least supportive benefits programs in the country. Florida is one of nine states that does not offer at least 26 weeks of unemployment benefits. And uh, our unemployment benefit is far lower than even the minimum wage and hundreds less than the average weekly earning of workers in Florida, which is about $1,000 a week. The uh, Florida benefit is $275 a week. 
Fortunately, the federal government is going to uh, help out with a, a additional 600 a week for 16 weeks. But that, that being said, it doesn't change the fact that the current system is failing our, our friends and our neighbors. So we've sent a letter, and this is what we've asked the governor to do. Uh, either using his emergency powers, or if he must, call the legislature back. We believe he can use emergency powers. He needs to extend the length of Florida's unemployment benefits from 12 to 26 weeks, increase the maximum benefit uh, from $275 a week, uh, utilize uh, there's available federal funding to provide an additional 13 weeks of state benefits and make the benefits payments retroactive to when an individual became employed because people are not able to get on the web page. Uh, and we're told that it's going to take a very long time actually to even get a check in the mail. Florida may indeed have one of the worst unemployment compensation systems in the country, but Congresswoman Kathy Castor of Tampa says DeSantis can fix that. Governor DeSantis has all of the authority under his emergency powers to increase the weekly benefit from $275. Governor DeSantis also has the ability to extend the number of weeks from 12 weeks, the stingiest in the entire country, to 26 weeks. Uh, he should do that as soon as possible without delay. And they should allow folks to obtain benefits back to the point in time when they were laid off. And the reason this is so vitally important, Florida will be in a deeper hole uh, for economic recovery because of this dysfunction, because of their refusal to act aggressively to draw down these federal dollars. All of their businesses, will be uh, less able to have those dollars circulating to, to, to lift up our neighbors. Why put the state of Florida and all of our neighbors and all of Floridians and all small businesses, large businesses at a distinct disadvantage compared to states all across the country? It's inexcusable, it's callous and it needs to end. So we're calling for swift action today. We don't have any more time to waste. The director of the state unemployment office told lawmakers the governor doesn't have the authority to make these changes on his own. But Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz of Broward County says the rules are different during a declared public health emergency. Rick Scott broke the unemployment compensation insurance system intentionally so that it would push down his unemployment numbers. And Ron DeSantis and the Republican-led legislature is refusing to fix it. They've had two years. He still hasn't fixed it. They knew that these that there were really serious issues. And now that we've had an, ex, an unexpected explosive growth in our unemployment, they are still refusing to fix it. There's no question that DeSantis has the, the executive authority under the under Chapter 252, which is his emergency, emergency Management Act powers. And he can make these changes, yet he still hasn't done it. It is important to underscore A, he absolutely needs to use his emergency power to make the unemployment compensation payments retroactive, especially because the system is broken. We're all hearing nightmare situations. What well, one woman tried 200 times to get onto the unemployment system, finally did after, after on the 201st time. Uh, another person told me that they got on at four in the morning 
It's just an absolute outrage. The benefits need to be increased. The length of time we have, as you've heard, not just the, the stingiest amount, but we only have 12 weeks. So the $600 extra pandemic payment that we're providing through the CARES Act is going to last our people a much shorter period of time. And that will really make our economic recovery when we have an opportunity to jump on it much more challenging. Look, at, at the end of the day, Governor DeSantis needs to show compassion, unclench his fist, grow a spine and use his executive authority, which he's already expressed uh, a reticence in doing. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, he actually said that he doesn't like to tell people what to do. And that's why he didn't initially issue a statewide stay at home order. Well, you know, what is the point? Why, why run for governor? Maybe he needed a different job. It's time, Governor DeSantis. Your people are suffering and we need to make sure that we can take care of them and weave that safety net tighter. The unemployment compensation insurance system is a federal state partnership, but the control of how it works is in the state in your hands. Use your authority. Congressman Ted Deutsch of Boca Raton says members of Congress managed to put their partisan differences aside to approve that coronavirus bailout bill. And now it's up to the governor to make sure Floridians get their fair share. Congress came together uh, in a bipartisan way and unanimously took action, understanding the dire circumstances that people across our country are facing. We knew that people uh, are, we know that people are struggling immensely. Uh, we know the broader effect that this crisis is having on our economy, on our small businesses. Uh, and that's why we acted with the CARES Act. Uh, so now when we look at, at where we are in Florida, we understand that this, this unemployment system was designed to fail. Uh, Representative Castor was right. It's, uh, it is the stingiest. It is it, it, the hurdles that were put in place uh, make it harder to access. Um, and like all of my colleagues, I hear every day from people who are desperate to be able to take advantage of the benefits that Congress provided and were desperate for the help that can be provided, but they can't do it. We know there's a problem with the system. We know that the problems precede Governor DeSantis, that it's not his fault that we have a system that operates this way, but he's the person who has the authority right now to take the dramatic action that can help lift up all of our friends and neighbors who are struggling economically as a result of this coronavirus. So I hope that he will. I urge him to do it. Uh, it is leadership from the governor that can help us move forward. We can't afford to have Floridians who are already struggling uh, wait weeks and weeks before they start to see the assistance that should be coming to them right now. Miami-Dade Congresswoman Donna Shalala says the federal paycheck protection bill provides plenty of money for people who lost their jobs, but it's up to the DeSantis administration to make it happen. I went out for a walk with proper social distancing yesterday, and there was a woman sitting on a bench, and she had been frustrated because she had spent hours trying to get her unemployment um, insurance. And this is simply tragic. If I was governor, I would triple the number of people that are going to process these claims. Um, there are no resource problems because we allocated millions of dollars uh, for the states to build up their capacity uh, to process the claims. And uh, we just have to get it done. We can't take weeks to get people their checks. It's just not fair to them 
We've done our job. Now the state needs to do its job. If you're wondering why these members of Congress wrote a letter to the governor, it's because they haven't heard from him for a while. Wasserman Schultz says the governor is not holding regular calls to brief members of Congress, and they're having trouble getting information from his top appointees at the Department of Health and the Division of Emergency Management. They are refusing to have calls with either the Republicans or the Democrats any, any longer. And, and again, yeah, it's not a matter of needing to talk to the governor. The governor's very busy. And I wouldn't expect him to be getting on a call with us all the time, but they won't put anyone on a call with us. It, it, I don't need to talk to the governor. I mean, I just need him to do his job. That's what we all are asking here. But we do have a need to interact with his agency heads because we're trying to help troubleshoot things for our constituents and be able to make sure we can get the information out to them. So to refuse to interact with your congressional delegation because you don't like hard questions or because you're worried that some of what you say, your folks say are gonna be leaked to the media, I mean, it's it's childish. I mean, really, this is we're all doing tough jobs here. And, you know, you have to thicken your skin. And this is a crisis and we all have to pull together to help. The Department of Corrections is now admitting what we knew was inevitable. Coronavirus has now been found among the staff or the inmates at every single prison in the state. A.G. Gankarski with Florida Politics reports that Blackwater Correctional Institution in Milton, Appalachia Correctional in Sneeds and Zephyr Hills Correctional have the most confirmed cases. The cramped quarters behind bars encourage the spread of disease, but Governor DeSantis has resisted calls to release medically compromised inmates to try to prevent the coronavirus from spreading. The governor says the release of felons won't make anything better. A circuit judge in Tallahassee dismisses a lawsuit seeking to force the governor to close beaches throughout the state. Dan Ufelder of Santa Rosa Beach sued DeSantis last month, arguing that the governor's refusal to issue a statewide mandate shutting down beaches puts Floridians at risk from COVID-19. Leon County Circuit Judge Kevin Carroll expressed empathy for Ufelder, but said the state constitution gives the governor wide discretion about handling emergencies, and having judges second-guess his actions would violate the separation of powers. By the way, the judge also encouraged Ufelder to appeal his decision. Florida's law prohibiting price gouging took effect as soon as the governor declared a public health emergency. And Attorney General Ashley Moody says her team has been busy chasing down all those complaints. I'm proud to report we're getting results for Floridians. Members of my rapid response team, Consumer Protection Division and Price Gouging Hotline are all working with a sense of urgency to address consumer concerns in real time. Since activating our hotline, our office has secured more than $100,000 in refunds for consumers and issued dozens of subpoenas to further our price gouging investigations. We will not relent in these efforts to protect Floridians from gouging and COVID-19 related scams during this unprecedented time of crisis. You can help us by reporting outrageous price increases on essential commodities to my office whenever and wherever you encounter them. There are three ways to report price gouging. Floridians can call 1-866-9-NO-SCAM, visit myfloridalegal.com, or download our price gouging reporting app, No Scam, on your smartphone. Attorney General Moody says her office has already received more than 2,000 complaints about prices being charged for essential commodities. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed issues an emergency order waiving certain packaging and labeling requirements for eggs sold at retail food establishments. While that order is in effect, packages of shell eggs will not be required to have some printed information like the date of packing, grade, size. This will allow eggs to be moved more quickly from producers to retailers. Commissioner Freed says now more than ever, Floridians need access to safe, healthy, farm-fresh foods like eggs, and she says the order gives the industry flexibility to meet increased consumer demand during the pandemic. Next up, your calendar of events and Florida Man. This is Sunrise from Florida Politics.
Your calendar of political events gets an early start at 8 a.m. That's when the Florida Board of Pharmacy meets by conference call to get updated on the results of the 2020 legislative session. At 9.30, the State Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission meets in Tallahassee. The South Florida Water Management District Governing Board will hold a workshop at 1 to talk about environmental resource permitting programs. The Criminal Justice Standards and Training Commission holds a conference call at 2. And the Consortium of Florida Education Foundations and the Florida Philanthropic Network are holding a 3 p.m. webinar on education issues from this year's session. Finally, it's time once again for the continuing adventures of Florida Man, who has an affinity for tortoises and plastic eggs. The Sheriff's Office is looking for the Florida man who laid some nasty Easter eggs inside mailboxes at several homes in Flagler County. Inside those plastic eggs were a cracker in the shape of a fish, a sheet of toilet paper, a powdered drink mix, and a crumpled up piece of paper containing pornographic images. Sheriff Rick Staley says the person who did this is not only a very sick individual, but could actually be spreading COVID-19 by their actions. Finally, police are searching for the Florida man who stole a mated pair of African spurred tortoises from a home in downtown Naples. The male is named Gus, the female is named Spike. They're almost 20 years old, and they've been living with Christina and Maura Kraus for almost a decade. Now, this was not a spur-of-the-moment turtle napping. Gus and Spike lived in a pen behind a privacy fence behind three sets of gates, and the two tortoises together weigh a total of 175 pounds. Just not the sort of thing you can slip out in your backpack. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.